if you can know me and know how to satisfy me at a mm-hmm. point where the only thing you're allowed to use is your mouth and your words, mm-hmm. then there's no way in fact you're not going to be able to satisfy me when you're allowed to do everything. I'm Justine. And I'm Nanji. And you're listening to Bangers and Yash. We're two brown girls navigating around the world of sex and sexuality. And although we stay educated, we by no means are experts in sex and sexuality. But we're here to keep ourselves informed while keeping you informed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the joyride. Welcome back to Bangers and Yash. And this week we're talking about the part two, the second half, the opposite mm, mm. of hypersexuality in our mental health and sex series. Mm, now we're bringing you hypersexuality. Yes, 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 yes. Because you yes. can't have one without understanding the other. You know, yin and yang, balance. You know I'm know. a Libra, so I'm all into balance. So Could we actually say that when you actually combine the two and they create that yin and yang, that's when you're like at the perfect stage. Like you're not too, you're not too much, you're not too little. You know what? I think you're onto something. I think that is when you reach sexual enlightenment. Oh, beautiful when your yin and yang of hypo and hypo come together and create a lovely balance mm. you know we, we, might have just, we, we might we might not need to continue this podcast that's together, I, I literally like, just had that thought like, i don't know if um we've given i feel like now answers. we're wasting yeah we're yeah. wasting your time bye guys bye um cool <laughs> we've said it all at this stage <laughs> I don't know if we can give you more. I, I mean, really I feel like, okay, wait, there's so much more, obviously, to unpack and talk about oh, and like, to discuss. And maybe we should start by defining what we mean by hyposexuality. Yeah. So basically, hyposexuality is a decline in what would be your usual sex drive. Yeah. So it's a low to no sex drive. Yeah. And it's very common with people who suffer from depression, from anxiety, and also people who suffer from um, bipolar and uh, ADHD. So if this is something that you're going through, you're definitely not alone. Yeah. I mean, even in people with eating disorders, hypersexuality mm. exists. I mean, and, and you know, the thing is, is that like, People really don't like to talk about this stuff. Sometimes, like, like you know, it's very important to like define the difference between listen. I'm actually just not in the mood and hypersexuality. Like, mm. there's mm. not being in the mood and then being consistently like I'm actually this just not into me. it. I'm not into even the concept of it. Like, I cannot be in the mood because I'm tired, but I can also just not be in the mood because right now, as a species, as a being, like my body my sex drive doesn't exist mm. you know and mm. i feel like being not in the mood because you're tired is a completely different thing it totally is i think that 
being hyposexual and like really not wanting to engage in sex mm. just from a point of view of like I'm not into it is very different from not right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like being like I'm actually consistently not into like the concept of sex. The concept of sex. Me. Just like um it's not for me right yeah. now. Yeah. And like I think like with fatigue, like you definitely find yourself feeling like like sex is admin. As opposed to mm. to mm. when you you have hypersexuality and like it's not even that sex it's not even on your mind it's not it's not something that exists in your space and your being yeah it's like sometimes the last thing that you think about and I think mm. that makes sense when we talk about it in relation to broader like experiences of mental yeah. health like it's it's very common in depression because you are generally losing your sense of enjoyment in life yeah you know and that's why like psychologists and professionals use a low sex drive or low libido to diagnose people Mm. with depressive disorders you know yeah um it's one of the key sort of symptoms of yeah of being depressed and i think it's really important to talk about that yeah and i think also like i think this is why considering sex as a means of pleasure and not a means of orgasm like this mm, is a few mm. episodes back if you listen to our come with me series so come with me yeah yeah come, yeah, yeah. Like, come honestly, with us see guys every every time this catches me it's like come with me or come with us <laughs> like are we, is this a group experience or is it a solo yeah I, th- I think we thought we were having an audio you were recording those yeah but the concept of um, having a a pleasure-centered sex will help you really understand whether or not um, it is a means of, of, okay, cool, I'm feeling hyposexual or, or, okay, cool, I'm just not in the mood. Because, like, I cannot be in the mood and still orgasm. Mm, that's like, very, that's very, very true. Yeah. You know? Whereas when you're feeling hypersexual, obviously we'll we'll get into this in more more detail and greater depth. Like even being aroused, having the means to 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 get wet or erect, like it's it's not the same. It may mm. not work the way you need it to, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. Like the way that we engage in sex when we're in these hypersexual or depressive, like because also sometimes for me. In my personal experience, during depressive episodes or depressive moments, it's not so much always that I'm hyposexual and like that it's a consistent, a consistent phase within this like period. But sometimes it's simply about the fact that you don't feel good. Like mentally you don't feel good. And so, and that's also why I think it's so, um, hyposexuality is also so common in people with eating disorders yeah you don't feel good about yourself whether it be physically or mentally and so wanting to be intimate with someone else is already as like a step too far far. like you you kind of you kind of are in survival mode Mm. mentally and in order to be in survival mode, certain things have to kind of die. Like you kind of like 
you know, not to be super scientific about it, but like when animal species are usually like in danger in any yeah. kind of way, like both a drought or whatever, 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 they don't like reproduce. Yeah. You it's know, not part so of the survival. I, yeah. Down. I definitely feel like it's one of our instincts when we're in this low period to be like, I'm actually outies. Like, I don't want to participate <laughs> in anything that's going to be intimate or could lead to other humans. Yeah. <laughs> and, know? like, also, it's, like, how antidepressants can lead you to low libido. Mm. Like, mm. it's really mm. not as simple as, like... Okay, cool. Now I'm on these antidepressants things. No, you're definitely still in that survival mode. And yeah, um, I don't know if you want to get into the science of it more, but like, because you're in that like stage, your body is is now experiencing new chemical reactions. Mm. Like it's not not going to function the same. Mm. You know, and like if we want to get into science of it, definitely like some antidepressants can lead to like lower sex drives because. I think because of the, if I'm correct, because of the heightened like amount of serotonin in your brain, because mm. that's what most antidepressants like help you chemically adjust. Um, so that 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 serotonin can often lead to like low libido. Yeah, and also also, it's you're just because you're taking antidepressants doesn't mean you're better. Yeah, and that's there is not you know, that. and there is that yeah. like two to a month depending on the antidepressants you're on where it takes for your body to adjust to the new chemicals yeah and there is a kind of topsy-turvy yeah (laughs) kind of experience there in the middle where you're trying to like figure it out you know yeah like i remember once being with somebody who had ed and like feeling like i was scammed because like you told me this was the situation but then later on, two days later, you, you're up and running, you know, mm. not realizing at the time that the reason why that was, it's it, like, and I hate to use this example, it's such a horrible example, but it's like whiskey dick. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just, you have it now, but next time you have whiskey, you might not have it. Next time you have whiskey, you yeah. might be a soldier. It's completely you know? unpredictable. So it's completely unpredictable. So really try to understand, like, okay, cool, this is, this is, your body would always react because your body's going through so many different hormonal changes. Mm. It's trying to adjust mm. and learn how to navigate its way through this while still, like, we're sexual beings. Like, we cannot deny that mm. we, are, we are people that have, well, for the most part, we are people that engage and enjoy sex. So it's something so natural and innate in us that, like, I feel like sometimes it's even, like, your mind is forcing your body to do it. But your body is rejecting mm. that concept, mm. you know? Mm. Like, you have the anxiety to have sex because you have decided, this is mm-hmm. what I want to do, this is who I am, this is a part of my existence. But your body is actually saying no because your body is still processing and grieving through trauma and trying to find a new means to an end. Wow, like... If we, add, <laughs> if we were at, like, a split poetry, like, I do cl- clicks for you, girl. Clicks for you. Because that's exactly what it is. And, like, there's actually a term... It's called arousal non-coordinance, which is basically when your mind and your body are out of sync in terms of your sexual arousal. And I think this happens to a lot more people than even know about the term. Like, I've experienced this where I'm definitely in my body in the moment, Mm. but my mind is 
elsewhere not sharp like yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? like, my mind is not sharp and we're definitely not present and i'm still trying to figure out how i feel how yeah like mm. what's happening in life yeah and i i think it's important to firstly like if you have a partner to communicate these changes mm. or adjustments or just how you're feeling with them mm. so that a you can start to sort of destigmatize mental health in your relationship and mm. and let your partner into your mental health and mm. how that sort of affects you and then also to just improve intimacy mm. so now i'm going to ask you a question mm-hmm. when you say, <laughs> yeah when you say let your partner know mm-hmm. how do you feel you navigate around that with a casual sex partner like somebody who's just adult you just here for the vibes cool because in my situation where i was like okay cool like this was just a casual sex partner mm-hmm. that i was like okay cool like what's up what are the vibes and they told me like straight off the bat like oh yeah by the way i have evie and i was like shocker like, mm, i'm so curious about you so i just yeah. want to see when we like found alternatives and ways to like navigate around it you know but like how would you navigate around that i think i don't really like simply like i don't tell i really try not to tell casual partners too much intimate knowledge of like where i am mentally yeah firstly because i think there's so much stigma around it yeah so that's what stops me initially but also i also try to be as like aware as possible and know why i'm in the situation in the situation i was literally about to be so graphic and be like fucking this person but yeah like <laughs> i definitely know why i'm there like if i'm you know if it if 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 it's uh if you're present yeah you know yeah, yeah if i've if i've committed myself and planned and like you know you know been in the, you know yeah I, yeah usually i know where i am mentally because like for me and i'm just thinking about it now because like i'm just thinking about that time that person told me straight up with their chest like this is the vibe and i was like ah doug well at least you told me you know mm-hmm. i'm just thinking about it now where i'm like yes sus, would i have the balls to say that to somebody and you know that's why I, sta- that's why I started this point of communication with talk to your partners yes because i feel like when people um don't love you yeah or don't have some kind of like conscious intimacy with you right they are very careless with like the information you tell you tell them so i do it to protect myself and also just because i don't want you to like i don't want to be horny in the moment and then i say that to you and then you're like you know because like sometimes like you said you're trying to save in the moment and i'm like you know as a person like obviously i mean if this podcast isn't proof like i actually couldn't give two shits like i'll yeah. say whatever the fuck i want yeah but i'm trying to think is that something that like i could have act like i'm thinking about the times when i had like extremely low libido because of my mental health mm-hmm. and i'm just wondering now why did i not actually tell those people and I think you're right. It's literally the stigma of it. And I think as well, it's also mm. trying to like prove to yourself mm. that you're fine. Mm. Mm. Because mm. 
I remember a lot of the times during the sex, I was like, oh, like I said last week, I was like, oh, I'm here for me, not for you. Yeah. Because I'm trying to prove a point to me, you know? Yes, definitely. And and, and I, I think, sorry to interrupt yeah, you, sure. I think like that's definitely, I wasn't, those moments where you, hi, where you hide that and you're not completely honest about where you are mentally, they are definitely to protect yourself mm. and also to prove something to yourself. Yeah. There was like a very, not dark part. Like, I don't <laughs> think it was dark. Like I had a lot of fun, but it was chaotic. It was a very chaotic part of like my hyper, like when I was going from being hypersexual mm. to being hyposexual, where there's a gray phase where I kind of was there and wanted to be there, but wasn't present because... Yeah. I wasn't like into it. I, I just wasn't into it with that person. Like I wanted the actual act. Yeah. But so the act felt like normalcy. Yes, the act felt normal and felt yeah. like like you said, I'm okay. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. I'm whatever. But but there'd be a moment in the middle, like you say, where I'm no longer wet. I'm no longer yeah. into it. I'm no longer like an active participant in this like yeah. i'm kind of like can we wrap this up we've gone over time yeah that's the thing. over budget and like i'm even thinking like i i think from the get-go in those situations i'd be there and i'd be like oh darkish ah i guess i'm here now doing this like yeah it, like it's one of those situations where you just sit there and you're like okay cool well like i'm here let me just mm. moan because it's time to moan now and then we do this because it's time to do this. And I remember, I succinct, like, specifically remember literally just being like, I'm not going to even moan anymore. I was like, just, yeah. And I just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for you to come. Like, knowing goddamn well, I had zero interest, nothing. And I'd, I'd always leave feeling, I, I know this is wild, but, like, mm. it was the, the, the texture of somebody else's bodily fluids. So, like, kissing mm-hmm. and the sweat. Mm-hmm. It would literally just drive me insane i'd be like oh my god i can't wait to go shower after this like i mm. i felt like a sense of because i afterwards became so hyper aware of the fact that like i'm doing this to seek a sense of normalcy knowing goddamn well that no part of my body is craving sex or intimacy mm. but i'm craving a sense of normalcy because i'm denying the fact that i'm actually in this depressive state I'm going mm. to deny it until I have no choice mm-hmm. but to actually no longer live in a depressive state because I believe my own lie. You know? You actually, yeah, that's that's it. That's literally it. Because mm. for me, a lot of the times it was, <clears throat> I'm trying to forget my problem, forget <laughs> my life, forget like, I can't go on holiday. Yeah. So let me just... I can't go hook up with someone. Drink, go, sometimes like, oh my god, this is the worst. Like, and this, I'm like, I think it's actually fair that I let like people admit this in public, myself included. Sometimes you're literally just going out because you're like, somebody needs to take me out the house, and like, because if I sit here in my hole any longer, like, it's going to get ten times worse. So you're like, oh dude, like, yes, just, let me just get somebody to get me out this house because I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, let me just like, interact. I don't have the required emotional strength. To be a full human. Mm. Unless another human forces me to do it. Mm. You know. Clicks for you again, girl. Bro. That's that's literally it. it. You are, you're both performing in the bedroom, but you're also performing like in social situations. You're like, yeah. ha, 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 ha. 
you're you're flirty, you're nice, you you whatever. Yeah. You're living in a fantasy. It's your movie. Literally, like for me, like I'd always go to the bathroom and just sit there and be like, mm. "Yeah, man, you tried." Like I, mm. that's when my down, like the moments I sit by myself, I'd be like, "So how much longer do you think you have to be here, dog?" Like, mm. This doesn't seem. Yeah. And that's the thing when you have those quiet moments by yourself. That's when you realize, um. Mm. Am I even like engaging in this? Pre- like, am I present? Am I yeah. okay? Like, and it, it's definitely part of being hyposexual. Like, it's part of not really wanting to engage in those things mm. because you are entering or now within a depressive episode and yeah. you don't know what to do. And you're, you're craving intimacy, but at the same time, like, simultaneously, like, you actually don't want intimacy. But you don't want to have to exist in this world anymore, you mm. know? So, like, it's, it's, so, it's so difficult and hard to, like, actually, like, navigate around the idea of, like, using sex as a means to regain your your status as, as a member of society, but simultaneously <laughs> having it be there, like... <laughs> Okay, cool. Like, I actually don't want this. There's nothing I want. I want no same form of intimacy, no form of yeah. Like, you know, and it's it's wild how those things like coexist together. Mm. Like, it's it's almost like how we were speaking about in hype. It's like almost like using hypersexuality while hyposexual, mm. so that you feel like a fucking person again. Mm. Mm. You know. Mm. Mm. And I think that like, it's just, it's so weird because you you're not. In those moments, you want to feel like you're part of society, but also the part of society that you're part of is extremely performative. Mm. And that's kind of the only, like, I know that when I'm in these hyposexual stages, I don't really want to engage in intimacy. Yeah. Specifically, like, I can handle pleasure, I can handle sex. Mm. And obviously it's at, at a much lower rate, but... I definitely don't want intimacy because I'm not feeling good about myself and also just not feeling good about like the world. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I'm kind of, I don't trust y'all. Mm. I'm not into it. Yeah. And I don't want to engage. And I think a lot of women with anxiety face this problem as well of having trouble with being aroused, achieving orgasm. Or even like going as far as experiencing physical pain mm. during sex, during these hyposexual stages where like your anxiety can override your sensations of pleasure during sex. Mm. And that's definitely, that has definitely happened to me. Like, and I can think of moments where it's like, I'm fine and I'm like mm. present in the moment. And then the mo- like, as soon as I get time to think, yeah i don't know like it's not even long it's probably like two minutes while i'm like waiting for something or like changing positions or like even just yeah. looking at someone and search for too long i'm like the fuck <laughs> yeah. literally like irrationally just all of a sudden i'm like mm, something's fishy <laughs> yeah, yeah just in general and like it does lead to me forgetting about the like physical, the physical pleasure mm. pleasure like it's not it's it's about like the actual experience of like mm. okay, cool, what am i doing and i've 
I personally, I've had a panic attack during sex before. Like, I literally, really? yeah, somebody held me down in a very specific way. Mm. And it was a way that I'd been held down when I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And it, it triggered me so deeply that I had a panic attack while having sex. Mm. While simultaneously, this person wasn't realizing that I was having a panic attack, which is quite wild. And I couldn't have sex for weeks after that. I was just. Oh my word! Like triggered and traumatized. I was like, I can't. Like the 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 idea of intimacy, and the idea of somebody being around like that for me was just too much. I was like, I I can't. Like, Mm. it literally would bring me like I'd have like the heart palpitations, but I'd have the pre panic attack before the panic attack every time I would think about it because I would think about like, oh my god, like this is too close for comfort for me. Like this is too much for me, you know. But yeah, I'm healed now. So. <laughs> shout out to you. Ali. Shout out to you. And I think, shout out to that. I think what like when you say that, like I was I was looking at you as you were saying that, and I was having the realization that I've also had like I've I've had a moment like that recently, and mm. I think I've spoken about it on the podcast. But like someone had touched me, and now that I'm thinking about it, it was extremely triggering, and I can't I can't mm. figure out why. So I'm not healed yet, but (laughs) (laughs) I can't figure out why, but definitely I was in that sort of, you know, there's a thing that happens where like you either have a panic attack or you kind of just withdraw. Yeah. I completely withdrawled. Withdraw- yeah. With- withdrew. <laughs> wow. Withdrawed. English is my mother tongue. Man. You know. Um, really is your mother tongue? It really is. Um, I withdrew <laughs> and I made that choice because I didn't want to have a panic attack. Yeah. And this goes back to like what you, the question you asked me about, like how to engage because that was a very casual, <laughs> very casual experience mm. and turned into something much more serious. Yeah. But like shout out to that person. Cause like they had your back. I mean, no, they didn't have not that person, <laughs> not that person that I, they didn't have my back. But also, um, the freebies, shout out, <laughs> shout out. Um, so I think I did that because I wanted to put, like protect myself because yeah. I was having a moment where I was like, as soon as I became present to this moment, I realized that I mm. didn't want it and I realized I wouldn't be present. Yeah. So I don't want to, like that person was being intimate and I was like, this is too close to comfort. I'm so sorry. Mm. What's wrong with you? It's a bit much good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, do you know the thing is, is that like, you know, I, I always go through this very hectic, like mental conversation of like, this person owes me nothing, but then I'm also like, this person owes me humanity at the same time. So I'll, when I'm having sex with a casual sex partner, mm-hmm. I always think to myself like, okay, cool. Like you owe me the bare bone minimum of, of humanity mm-hmm. so i'm like i should be able to actually say to you as a casual sex partner like listen i actually um i might black out soon and i might zone out i am currently going through a depressive episode mm-hmm. uh, i know i invited you here but it's like i just wanted to feel human i should be able to say that to you because you owe me humanity but simultaneously you owe me nothing so you could actually say to me as a casual sex partner okay cool Doug, you're not actually Thanks. Shout out to you. You're weird as hell. I'm Audi. And now I have to live with the reality of 
of the fact that like this random ass stranger just told me shit mm. and now i have to continue and go see more other random ass strangers and live with that sense of fear i completely get you i think i think you know what and I think maybe we should spend five minutes ranting on this because I'm into this. Why do we think it's like, why as humans do we think that it's weird that saying to someone, telling someone the truth mm. about where we are and how we're feeling is weird? It shouldn't be that way. It's literally that, that girl, why are you being weird to like, me? Like, why are you being weird to me? I have feelings, bro. Like, good sir. I have feelings. Madam. Like, I have feelings. Is that shocking? Like yeah, that's a, and it shouldn't be shocking. And I think this is why it's so important to destigmatize mental illness because just because okay, listen, mm-hmm. just because I am in a hypersexual phase does not mean that I am not going to want to just try it out just mm. for my own mental mm. sanity to be like no, maybe it's just me. Just because sometimes you just need it's, okay. Listen, I know I shouldn't use this example. It's like how I say sometimes. Sometimes you need to cheat to know you really love someone. Yeah. Sometimes you need to have sex to actually know it's not for you. Like, that's completely fair. And that's very fair. That's I'm a very, big fan. I'm, I'm a curious person and I believe in trying things once. Exactly. Let me try things once. If I don't like it, then I can still be like, I, I don't like exactly. it. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. But people, people really be weird to you, bro. Bro. They're re- and like, Y'all need to get used to hearing the truth. Literally. I think that's the issue. Literally. People have forgotten what the truth is like between two humans who are perhaps lying naked together. Yeah. We live in, we're in a pandemic, guys, and your face is close to mine. Like, that's intimacy. Come on, like, not, like. This isn't even like an ST. This is an, this is a airborne thing that you could give me. Airborne, baby. Like, it's not an ST. But chatting to you. I'm risking my life by talking to you. I'm literally risking my life talking to you. Yet somehow you have the audacity to not give me the bare minimum of humanity. Y'all are annoying. Uh Uh-uh. Y'all are boring. You guys need to get over yourselves. No. Fix your lives. Humans have feelings. Literally. And I think as a partner, like, listen, I think the best thing that you can do, and I know this from experience now, as a partner, the best thing that you can do is go out of your way to not make that person feel weird. Like, because why is it weird? Like, things like not being able to get wet, not being able to orgasm. These are not things that, like, they're not not crazy. Also, these are not things that, like, why would this be a choice? Why would this be something right. that you would actively like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to say that I, as a person, and let me even personalize this, I, as a person, have sometimes been complacent and complicit in my depression. Yeah. And like, let it go on for too long. But that still doesn't mean that I want to be depressed. Yeah. That still doesn't mean that I want a lower sex drive or mm. I don't want my normal sexual urges to, to come back to come back so why would you as a partner not be cognizant of that because like mm. and you know a lot of therapists actually say that you should engage in intimacy and like pleasurable acts even if your libido is low mm. and i wouldn't say like i wouldn't push people to do that but like sometimes it can be helpful to just try yeah to see how you're feeling, mm. you know, because 
we you don't want to be depressed or like be low and also if you're a sexual person having hyposexual like stages is not enjoyable like mm. and you're depressed so like kunzi my all around like it's hard dude it's hard and like you know <laughs> Sometimes, like we've been saying throughout, sometimes that little moment of intimacy will make you feel like, okay, cool, maybe there is a little bit of humanity still left in me. Because mm. the thing is with mental health and uh, health and mental illness is that it really it dehumanizes you. You really That's very true. feel like less than a person. Mm. And now that little bit of intimacy, doesn't, it's not going to heal you. It like, definitely won't. Sex will heal you. Oh dear Lord. I've in tried. any circumstance in a relationship hyper, with mental illness. Hyper. Whatever y'all are Sex doing. It's not heal you, child. It's not gonna heal oh, you. If it could, your oh, world would be a much better Just add it to the routine. That's place. what we say. Like add it know, to the routine. Because you never know. Like you really never know. Like that experience you have with somebody, that little moment of like, okay, cool, like somebody actually sees me and somebody like appreciates mm. me can be really nice. Mm. And I think that being said, it's also very important to actually find partners that make you feel human mm. and not the type of person that's actually going to walk out and say, yo, what juices, you know, like that's ain't working for me. You know? I mean, and also I think that even that sort of expectation is I don't know I'm in a hate I hate people mood so <laughs> even that expectation is so basic like yes I'm a human but also recognize that I'm a multifaceted black woman mm-hmm. I'm successful I'm like I have power and I have agency and so all of those things are important like mm. yes we we might what we might do together might last like max an hour like like do you know what i mean from an hour to a few but that doesn't mean that i don't have like layers yeah you know what i mean don't, like, like i'm a human basically yeah but there's so many other things that are interesting about me and like as much as i'm trying to have sex with you i'm also just trying like i can have an orgasm by myself definitely i can have an orgasm by myself and so if i'm choosing to engage with someone who is seeing me for who i am see me as all that i am like yeah you're not gonna come here and like be weird yeah and like like don't be weird to me yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like it's like what you're saying about like you can't have an orgasm by yourself like i found when i was in my hypersexual stage i was in so much like literal denial that i would masturbate often like mm. I'd masturbate often and I would know my orgasm was very like it felt like a whisper and mm-hmm. like, yeah. mm-hmm. like it was just like you know and I would do that because I was so desperately craving what felt like something that like dude like come on work mm-hmm. like work mm-hmm. so like I was orgasming but it felt like nothing like it felt like just like a little buzz in the wind type of situation, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just like a means to basically get bad, to feel like, okay, cool, like, I'm waking up. Like, I wasn't turned on. I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. There was nothing ha- Like, there was nothing about me that was like, oh yeah, sex. It was literally just me wanting to be like, okay, cool, my sex organs still work, you know? We're, we're alive, baby, basically. Yeah, basically. I think I- that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I've experienced that too and like even 
I bought a vibrator like at the beginning of a depressive or it was kind of in the middle but mm. of a depressive episode and like I did it because I wanted to add some excitement like mm-hmm. I wanted to if this was just gonna be like a function and not like a desire then I wanted to have the best experience I could have with mm. myself even if it was just with myself so I definitely think even and this is also a good point like from my lived experience hypersexual phases are not necessarily void of sex mm. but rather like void of the excitement mm. about sex mm. do you know what i mean like i feel like right now as we speak i'm in a hypersexual state mm. so i can definitely tell that even my solo play comes with so much excitement comes with mm. so much like ooh like let me set myself yeah. you know what i mean but when i'm hyposexual it's like okay let's let's do let's yeah like yeah. i don't even take off all my clothes yeah oh my god yeah that's that's you actually advent for me and yeah. like i know like when i was in my hypersexual that's when i'd actually fall asleep while masturbating because mm-hmm. I'm now I'm masturbating for the sake of oh this is how I go to sleep it's not because I want pleasure from it what am I going to get from this nothing mm-hmm. but what I will get out of it is a good night's sleep you know yeah that's that's that's, that's kind like, of always my motivation I'm like mm, you're going to sleep nicely don't you yeah. want that also don't you want to like release something yeah and like the thing is is that like like I said before you're not wet there's nothing exciting you're you're literally sitting there you're as arid as a fucking desert mm, you mm, know mm. the 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 little balls of hay are are the un, unshaved pubes that are sitting there because mm-hmm. nothing matters in life anymore and like not that this unless you're one of those hands that really loves not being shaved personally i am so i don't know why i'm acting brand new because i hate shaving but wow. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I say, like, like, what, like, three times a year, and like, I call it a day, but I don't grow hair quickly, so shout out to God for that one. Um, Not shout out But, to like, God. literally, you're sitting there with, like, these balls of hair, and you're like, dog, like, you know what, whatever. It is what the fuck it is, mm-hmm. you know? And you're just trying to get by. Like, you're literally like, okay, cool, maybe if I bring a little rain to this desert, things might change. And you literally yeah. get, like, two drops of rain, and you're like, okay, cool. Thanks. We'll try again next time. Yeah. Basically. It's like, oh, oh, just enough, just enough water <laughs> to feed our, our, our thirsty mouths, you know? And there's like absolutely nothing, nothing you can do about it. Like, it's literally like, I, I even think, honestly, I think at the beginning of my relationship, I was in the hyposexual like, state. Like, I really, like a lot of the time felt like, oh, okay. Like, doing this and like i know i was in a hypersexual stage because like as much as i was starting a relationship like sex wasn't the main objective of my relationship my relationship Mm. was everything but sex and like i'd I'd made it very clear to my partner like listen like i have been struggling to understand my body i've been trying to understand sex i'm still healing from a few things and like having a partner that was like okay cool and now getting to a stage where now i feel like for the first time in an extremely long time, mm-hmm. I'm genuinely enjoying sex and I'm genuinely experiencing sex. 
in a way that I've never like really experienced it and with an openness that I've never experienced it and like just really getting into it and understanding and learning about my body again it's really nice and that's why I think even like I said prior like having sex partners or even casual sex partners that are willing to understand and be human to you and see you as human will really help you get back to a stage where you feel like you have like the space to understand the nuances of your body because like Mm. to still be able to have enjoyable sex and then move to pleasurable sex and then move to good sex and then great sex um through the humanity that was shared and the sense of intimacy that comes from humanity i think for me really changed me from like a state of like extreme like dissatisfaction and like not even wanting to have sex often or at all lots of the time like 90% of the time to actually be excited and actually stimulate and be the one who actually initiates Mm. sex now instead you know I think that's that's very interesting and I think I want to ask you a question about that like I think do you think that um communicating early in your relationship about where you were fundamentally changed your like comfortability with the other versions of intimacy so basically what i'm saying to you is because i think okay (laughs) let me let me bring it back i think that a lot of the time the way that we and this podcast is about sex and sexuality yeah but i think one of the other like main components of that is obviously relationships yeah um and i think that the way that we often especially people in their 20s and like Mm. even people who are older the way that we get into relationships is often through sex Mm. and often through enjoying that version of intimacy yes with that person yes and then building from there and i'm not saying that that's the only thing we enjoy yeah. obviously like, sometimes i wonder hopefully us and our friends like that hey because like, like, like you know we have a new friend who's mm-hmm. like yeah her, her partner mm-hmm. don't have sex so that's why sometimes i wonder is it just us hey like it's like the people that we know because crickets i'm literally you know what like i don't think it's i literally can't think of someone that's outside of our friendship group that is in a relationship that didn't get there through like through sex yeah Yeah. like i don't know okay well you know what (laughs) forget it like i don't have time to do the the little little (laughs) um but like I think that, you know what? Let me say it like this. The people that I do know who didn't use sex to get into relationships are very conscious of the fact that they are not using sex to get into those relationships. Yes. Does that make sense? So we are very accustomed to looking. We've sort of changed the order. Yeah. Then like then our parents would like us to believe they did they it. And you know what yeah. I mean? Like, lies. people got into a relationship. Definitely lies. Because, <laughs> please, I'm right here. Like, my parents weren't together. Smells like fish to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it, if, it, if it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, then it is a duck. Literally. So, 
we have changed the order and like now sex is a gateway to one of the gateways let me say yeah. it like that one of the gateways to relationships and more committed relationships, relationships right yeah. so not just casual relationships yeah so do you think that communicating early on when it was still casual about how mm. you were doing mentally and not sort of prioritizing in like sexual intimacy in your relationship mm. changed your like levels of commitment and also sort of um how do i put this change your decision making process in becoming committed to one person yeah definitely because it's it's kind of a situation where it's like number one you you were able to humanize me when I was at my lowest. Like mm-hmm. you were able to actually be there for me as somebody who I was casually having coitus with mm-hmm. and n- like 90% of the time, not even having penetrative coitus with me mm-hmm. because I never felt comfortable. And because I was there, like, you know what I actually like my, my cards, Mm-hmm. But I do need somebody to hold me and just talk to me. Mm-hmm. And you were able to be that person to just hold me and talk to me and actually get to know me as a human being mm-hmm. and be there for a human being. And in turn, becoming my friend mm-hmm. before becoming somebody who I was overtly sexualized by. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. In every other relationship, I knew it would be easy for them to cheat because I knew you are overtly sexualizing me before you're humanizing me. And it's not even, like, hectic things. It's not even, like, things that they said. Mm. It was the things that they did. Or, like, how they never took the time to actually understand my body. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this situation, I because my body wasn't working. You have to mm. know how to pleasure me when I don't even want to exist in a space of pleasure. That's such a good point. So now if you can know me and know how to satisfy me at mm-hmm. a point where the only thing you're allowed to use is your mouth and on occasion your fingers mm-hmm. and your words, mm-hmm. then there's no way in fact mm. you're not going to be able to satisfy me when you're allowed to do everything, mm-hmm. you know, because now you've built a level of intimacy that in those other instances, you skip entirely mm. and you just go straight to the penetration where you're like, okay, cool, this is what's good, this is what's great, you know? So, yeah. Oops, maybe we are doing it the wrong way because, yes, us. But and I was I, doing it the other way. <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's like, I don't think we're necessarily doing it the wrong way. I think, okay, I'm not in a committed relationship. <laughs> 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 um... So for me, right now, my focus is on sex. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad focus as a single person. But Mm. like, I don't really think that that's a bad focus. But I do think that the way that we approach casual sex is flawed. Yes. Right. So I think that's also like, if you're going to, because also the way, I don't necessarily think sex and sexual attraction wasn't centered in your story does that make sense yeah definitely it's just that you're not it's not surface yes you see me as a human being and you want to get to know how we can deepen this level of intimacy yeah regardless of sex 
no, yeah, regardless of sex itself, but also regardless of necessarily how we will function in the broader society. So like, yes. we're casually having sex and this might lead to something, but even if it doesn't, let's experience this moment to mm. the depth that we can. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and being communicative about, I'm really not in a sexual place right now. Yeah. But I would like to be here with you, even if it's doing casual the stuff. Things, yeah. Know, that feels good to me. Yeah. Like when, even when I had like extremely like low libido, I remember being like, yo, I have this rotation. It's not going to work for me anymore because I don't want to have sex. Mm. But I remember there being very specific people that I was like, I enjoy you so much as a person. I actually want to still keep seeing you, even though I can't mm. provide for you sexually in the way I'd like to. So I remember ticking off a whole bunch of names and keeping a whole bunch of people that like feeling, well, not a whole bunch, but like two people, <laughs> three people, where I was like, I really fucking enjoy you. Like, I genuinely enjoy you because you make me feel like outside of this little room that we're in, when we go into the broader society, I'm going to see you. I'm going to be great memories. Great mm. memories. That's how I'm going to feel. And I know that that was actually right and true because when I do see those people, I literally hug them like, oh, my brother from one of the model. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. You know, I'm sick. I'm holding Because the overall experience yeah. wasn't just about sex. And you're happy for them when things happen for them in their lives. Like mm. you'll message them and be like, Dude, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I'm so yeah. happy for you. Yeah. You're such a great person for this. This is exactly what you need. You're reaching for your dreams. I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. You know? Because now you're actually, once again, you've actually built friendship instead of it being a casual relationship. <laughs> and then there are other people. <laughs> I'm dying at what she calling her host friends. <laughs> I was like, my niggas, those are my boys. And then there's other people. Where I see them in the streets and I'm like, I've seen you naked, but I'm going to act like I don't even know your name. I'll actually reintroduce myself to you. Even, hi, I'm Ranchi. But I've seen you naked. I know exactly who you are as a person. I just don't like you. I don't like... You're a dig- You're a dick. Or not even you're a dick. It's just... You know, I don't even... Like, there's, there's certain people that, like... And you know my ancestors, they be working overtime. Because I don't mm. see people. Like, I don't see people again. If I'm not meant to see you again... I'm not meant to see you again. Fair. Like it does. It actually, my enemies do not be showing up in the streets. <laughs> they don't. And like, shout out to them. I really sound like those, one of those people on Twitter who are like, my enemies, my haters. Oh, yeah, yeah, haters. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Sound but, like, like a hot tip. Yep. Giving your hot, giving your hot take. But I don't see them. But if I did, I would ignore them. Yeah. But because like, I don't know you yeah <laughs> i don't know you like i've seen your genitals yeah but i haven't but I seen do you not, yeah like i do not know you like real does not recognize real here because you ain't no real nigga to me honest that's on period it's on period that's what you know what guys like we've been saying a lot of bars <laughs> so if you don't like yeah. you know take our advice by now i don't know yeah what you need to do but i yeah. I, I definitely think that like creating space for community like i'm so sick of this word i actually want us to come up with a different word communication communication Mm. and also Mm. can we like replace it with something in the screw screw dictionary like what should we do you want to say Mm. 
Okay, I don't know so, about vibes though. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. Actually, Chats? I like using communication because I think about using slang and it makes it feel so. What if we say comms? Okay. You keep comms with each other. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> Did I go too far? No, you didn't go too far. I just hate it. It's horrible, hey? Horrid. Um, this is exactly what I meant. And I was like, when you take it out, it sounds ignorant. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm like. I, I, I went into my book dictionary and that's why I came up with comms, comms. eh? I had to unlock my jaw, say comms there, comms. you know, comms. So, okay, but basically, back to the chat. You need to chat to people, communicate about how you are feeling. Like, mm. it, it just helps levels of intimacy and also helps your boundaries. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely helps your boundaries. So what have, what have you learned from, from hyposexuality and also your phases of hyposexuality hypersexuality taught me the importance of actual and like it taught me the difference between lust and intimacy like that's what i feel like i feel like i learned what true intimacy is through hyposexuality um because finding being able to find intimacy in a space where you actually don't have the capacity for intimacy that for me was a real game changer what well clearly it is because now i'm in a relationship <laughs> actually it got her cuffed is what she's saying yes yes dude guys so yeah those are the lessons be hypersexual you'll find yourself a man or a partner if you don't want mm-hmm. a man because who wants men and who wants men around <laughs> real or has hypersexuality taught you i think mainly it's taught me that once you feel good about yourself, mm. you'll feel more, better about your relationships overall. Mm. Just in general. And like, I think that it'll, it makes it easier to create spaces of intimacy when your mind and your body are aligned. Yeah. And I think also like, it's also taught me that during mental illness crises or like moments, low moments to also focus on the body in your healing process as much as the mind Mm. because you don't want to be healed mentally Mm. and your body still kind of like be in that survival place because i think i've struggled with that over the years of like my body still holding on to survival Mm. and my brain not really realizing so to heal both at the same time really does help facilitate better spaces for intimacy with yourself and with the people around you. Yeah. I think coming out of hyposexual phases has also made me so much more sexually aware with partners mm. and with myself. Definitely. Next week, we're bringing you a goodie. We're bringing some friends along too. So grab yours for a listen and tune in. We're getting personal about the person of your dreams versus the person of your reality. This is a Dairy Media Production.